It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. Today is our Friday live show. We have our live Periscope. If you're not hanging out with us on Periscope, why are you not doing that? And if you are, shout out to everyone who is hanging out on Periscope. We have our crossover from yesterday. Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving. They are uh, somewhere in sweatpants presumably, and uh, they'll be able to uh, to enjoy this. Remember, our Periscope is live, and then the podcast gets zoomed out right afterwards. So our conversation with Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears is coming up in just a little bit. But we have to download a lot of stuff that we've, we've heard and seen over the last few days. Raven Steelers got pushed and then is now on Monday. But more to the point, Matt Nagy announced that Mitch Trubisky, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears on Sunday. For the Packers, that doesn't really change much. They know Mitch Trubisky. They know what he does well. They know what he doesn't do well. I expect that in this game, the approach that the Packers have taken most of the year is actually going to be, maybe in a potentially negative way down the line, deleterious to this team. But in this game, I think it's going to work because if you think back to that week one matchup in 2018, forget the Rodgers heroics for a second. Forget the the injury and the Deshaun Kaiser nonsense. Mike Patton called a terrific game against Matt Nagy playing a ton of dime and saying, hey, Matt, we dare you to run the ball, believing that Nagy would get impatient and that he would let Mitch Trubisky throw it all over the yard, which is exactly what the Bears did. They averaged under five yards an attempt. Trubisky got almost 40 throws. And Green Bay, of course, on the the arm of Aaron Rodgers, was able to come back. But that was a game where the Packers' defense played extremely well. And and that was, I, I think, a less talented version of this Packers' defense. They averaged 14 points over the last two seasons allowed against Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, and the Chicago Bears. They're banged up. It looks like they're going to start Jason Spriggs at left tackle. Their offensive line is going to be completely reshuffled. They have some skill talent. 
We know what they have at receiver with Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Uh, Darnell Mooney is a is a dynamic rookie player. They have Jimmy Graham or what is left of him. And they have some guys to throw to. If you're Mike Patton, you're going to do what you've done all season and you're going to rush four. You're going to make Mitch Trubisky make throws and you're going to make Mitch Trubisky make reads. And you know what? It's going to not go well for the Bears because that's how this works. And, and when you look at most quarterbacks, you say, okay, you want to pressure them. You want to make them make quick decisions. Well, Mitch Trubisky from a clean pocket, he had plenty of clean pockets. He just didn't make throws from them. In fact, in terms of rating from a clean pocket, he was sub 32. I believe he was 37th in rating from throws from a clean pocket, even though he got them at a top 10 rate, which means even when he has time, he's not making number one good decisions and number two good throws. So if you're the Packers defense, this is a get right game for you. And before you freak out, because I said that a lot last season, longtime listeners of the show, will know, even going back to 2018, I said, you know, this is this is the matchup. This is the week where you you get it right. Right. Except this is the week because this offense is terrible. It's terrible. Bottom five in every category by raw rushing numbers, the worst rushing offense in football in, in terms of productivity. They're dreadful. And, and there's nothing about what we've seen so far this season that says if you want to be a cynical Packer fan and say, oh, well, that just means X, Y, and Z. Okay, except that's not been the case ever in the Chicago Bear, Matt LaFleur, uh, certainly in the Matt Nagy era. But even going back to the Matt Nagy-Mike McCarthy 2018 matchups, that was not the case either. So the defense is going to be able to do what they do. And I think the offense proved on Sunday they can score on anybody. Now, there are some, some questions here about health. Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the injury report. Uh, he's questionable for Sunday. Uh, not sure what, what that's going to mean there. Now, it looks like Tyler Irvin uh, is making progress on his way back. Uh, whether or not he can play, we're not you know totally sure on that yet. The big names we know. Corey Lindsley uh, is probable, even though he's questionable. Matt LaFleur said in his press conference, Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley heading in the right direction. The big names for Green Bay look like they're good to go. The question is going to be some of these these side guys. Tyler Irvin, his loss was huge against Indianapolis. The fact that Darius Shepard had to be the returner, you lose a fumble because of Darius Shepard. You lose the motion opportunities with Tyler Irvin because they don't really have a guy to, to put in there and replace him. It's why. It's why when you look at some of the, the names that are out there right now, you start to perk up a little bit. Tavon Austin, the Packers have some interest in. Uh, Tavon Austin could be your Tyler Irvin replacement if he's hurt or your backup or just a gadget player. He can return kicks, he can return punts, and he can be that jet motion guy. He's had experience uh, in, in this Shanahan offense over the course of his career. No one should expect him to come in and be West Virginia Tavon Austin. He's never been that guy in the NFL. Is he a dangerous return man? He has at times. Has he put the ball on the ground? Has he made some questionable decisions? Sure. But he is at least a veteran. He's at least an NFL player. I don't think we have any evidence that Darius Shepard is that to this point in his career, at least in regular season games. Another name worth mentioning, not for return sake, but just with the Packers. Kenny Stills on Friday. The Texans and Stills essentially, based on the reporting, agreed to part ways. That makes you wonder. He's dealing with this leg injury. 
doesn't play on Thursday. Is this one of those injuries where the teams can't come to an agreement on on playing time or they can't come to an agreement on role or whatever it is? And he says, look, you don't I don't want to be here. You don't want to play me. So it's going to be a release situation. Now, he does have to go through waivers. And so you say, okay, he's a veteran receiver. He's put up some good numbers over the years. Uh, you know, my my colleague Ryan over at Acme Packing Company is always quick to point out that he's had great efficiency numbers over his career, always up there in DYIR and DVOA because he's so efficient as a deep a deep threat. He would be, I think, a better Marquez Valdez-Scantling in terms of what he can do for this offense. He, he is expensive. He's on a $7 million deal this year, which means you're going to have to pay him about $2 million for the rest of the year if you claim him on waivers. If he makes it all the way through waivers, it's not the same situation with the contract. So Green Bay could then on the open market make a move there. Is he going to make it through waivers? We don't know. Is he going to have interest in coming to Green Bay when he's done? We don't know. On the other hand, though, we, we, we have an idea that the Packers had interest in adding a receiver. Now, they, they apparently wanted to make this big swing with Will Fuller, presumably in, in studying for the Texans. Uh, they watched Kenny Stills play, presumably in studying Will Fuller. They watched Kenny Stills play. And so they, they at least have some idea of what that looks like. Would they have interest? I would think they would, given the injuries that they have right now, especially MVS is hurt. Um, behind him, EQ has been dealing with injuries uh, his entire, really his entire NFL career. And so how can you feel good about that room? How can you feel good about the reliability of that room? Why wouldn't you go out and try and sign someone like this? Now, there are going to be other teams, especially other potential championship contenders who get in the mix here. Seattle might get in the mix. Uh, you, you look at the AFC. Could a team like Miami say, come home, Kenny? And, and have a chance to play in the playoffs. I don't, I don't see that happening. There really, you know, th- there aren't that many great scenarios that he can walk right into in terms of where he can be a contender and have a clear role where he can go and, and be a real guy playing with a real quarterback. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers? You know, Emmanuel Sanders went to New Orleans, but Emmanuel Sanders is already in New Orleans and so is Michael Thomas. And now Taysom Hill is the QB for we don't know how long. How appealing is that? Tampa, they've got Mike Evans, they've got Chris Godwin, they've got Antonio Brown. You don't have a role in Tampa. So Seattle, DK, Tyler Lockett, those guys, that's that's pretty entrenched there. Are there enough passes for you? Do you have a role in Seattle? If that's something you're looking for, that's why I think Green Bay is going to be interesting to Kenny. And Kenny is going to be on the Packers' radar. Do we know if if there's any connection there yet? We'll see. We have to we have to wait for him to clear waivers, and then I think you'll start to hear. Okay, he's interested in going to Team X. He's interested in going to Team Y. It is something that I think we should just keep our eye on here. It doesn't affect Sunday's game, and so we have to we have to focus our efforts on Sunday first. All right, we'll get to our crossover with Lauren Cox here in just a minute. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 
Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, Locked on Packers, Locked on Bears. Peter Bukowski here with Lauren Cox. And and Lauren, this was a team that in Chicago started off the season winning games. I don't know if I would say playing well, but winning games, certainly. Uh, They they did get the big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but now are on this losing streak. What has been the difference to you, or is this just simply a a team that's record did not indicate its quality? I think to some extent, this is regression, right? I mean, they were not a five and one good team, but they weren't this terrible to start right. the year. So <laughs> to some extent, it's hard to pin it down on any one thing, but injuries and COVID really decimated their offensive line for a while there. I mean, they were starting against Aaron Donald and the Rams. They were starting a, a brand new left guard, a brand new center and a brand new right tackle none of whom who had ever played in the NFL before or played snaps at those positions in the NFL before. It's been a a rough go uh, with the guys up front. And when you have Nick Foles as your quarterback, you don't have as much mobility. I mean, that's what the Bears sacrificed when they went from Trubisky to Foles after or in the Falcons game. They sacrificed Trubisky's mobility for a quarterback who could read a full field and have a better understanding of coverages and be able to just be more of that commander at the line of scrimmage. But when you lose an offensive line in that process, some of that mobility becomes a bigger deficiency there. So you kind of combine that with, I think, some real scheme and game planning issues. I think there's a difference between that and play calling has kind of been the the buzzword. But I don't know that it's as much the play calling, although they did switch from Matt Nagy to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, who I believe is going to continue that role against the Green Bay Packers. But that hasn't really made a difference because it's kind of about how they're preparing for opponents each week and when they're going to certain situations. It's not so much the plays themselves, but how they seem to be executing a game plan and, and failing to adjust throughout the course of the game. So really, it's it's coaching, it's quarterback, and it's offensive line. How about that? But other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> uh, I was looking at the stats today, um, and offensively, they are really suboptimal. I mean, only the Jets score fewer points only the Jets have fewer points per drive. Only the Jets uh, rack up more yards uh, in a given game. And by raw rushing totals, they are last in the league by a mile. So this was an offense that in 2018, even in the first year with Matt Nagy, it wasn't a great offense by any means, but they were high variance. They were explosive. And if you didn't watch out, they were going to create three or four big plays against you. And and all of a sudden they have, you know, 28 points. 
what has happened to this offense? Is it just the quarterback play has fallen off that far? I mean, what is going on? Because it really does seem inexplicable. And I'm someone who thinks Matt Nagy is a really smart coach. Yeah, it there isn't a clear answer on what exactly has gone wrong because I mean, they still have talent at receiver and you still have receivers getting open. I mean, Allen Robinson is is well known as an established number one receiver. Darnell Mooney, the rookie fifth round pick, has emerged as a, a very clear cut number two option who he would be in the discussion with some of the other top rookies if the offense had any sort of notable production this season. But he's been really performing well individually. I mean, they have wide receivers. Tight end is I- improved marginally from where they have been in years past when no one's been healthy and the backfield is still talented albeit banged up now with Montgomery and Tariq Cohen have been hurt it all comes down to QB and, and I think more importantly at this point offensive line that in 2018 the Bears had an average to above average I would not elite offensive line but you know somewhere in that 15 to 10 range in the NFL and that allowed them to run the ball a little bit and allowed their offense to kind of have some time, but the, the line the last two years has been particularly bad, which has really hurt both quarterbacks in there. And I think you combine that just with they're getting some of Foles' worst football now, even worse than earlier in the season. It seemed like he started off a little bit better than this, but now it's kind of gone off the rails there. And I think to some extent, Matt Nagy hasn't adjusted his offense enough to his personnel. He keeps trying to fit players into what he wants to do as opposed to trying to build an offense that's a little bit more tuned to the players that he has. And so that's part of why he made the quarterback change because he thought that player would, you know, the Foles would fit more of what Nagy wanted to do as opposed to trying to fit the offense more to what Mitch was being successful with. But it's still a little bit, it's still a little bit inexplicable in terms of you can't pin it down to one clear thing that has gone wrong. It's like the two-way miss in golf. If you miss left, you can fix that. If you miss right, you can fix that. But if you're missing both ways, it's it's a pretty bad swing flaw and you have to kind of go back to the drawing board. It seems like that's where the Bears are with this offense right now. So I, I, non-football on Sunday related, I have to ask this question. Are Bears fans, because the playoffs is still an option if, if the Bears win, they're a game back of, of the Packers. But if the Packers win, uh, the Bears are, are pretty far long shots to uh, get into the playoffs. Are Bears fans looking at this season going let's lose some of these games let's figure out what's going on with the coaches like where are bears fans i'm really have i feel like i have not it's too late in the year for me to not have checked in with bears twitter but i really haven't so so give me the pulse a little bit of the of the bears fan and where they are with where they see this team going moving forward because it seems like this could be an inflection point you know sunday really could be an inflection point for this franchise moving forward Yeah, that's what it feels like, especially these games against Green Bay have always mattered more in the eyes of ownership and, you know, team leadership above Ryan Pace. And so a a really disastrous performance in this game could legitimately spell the end of Matt Nagy, not fire him on the spot midseason, but could kind of be that last dagger that sort of ends this regime in Chicago. So uh, among the fan bases, it, it's very split. And mm. as you might expect, when you've lost four games in a row, everybody's looking for blame. And it's a question of how much do you blame Matt Nagy for failing to make the proper adjustments to his team? How much do you blame Ryan Pace for 
again, failing to strengthen this offensive line through the offseason, failing at picking a quarterback for about the third time here, you know, failing at the tight end position. There are two big free agent signings this year. Robert Quinn and Jimmy Graham have both done very little. Graham has at least scored some red zone touchdowns. It'd been a pretty good box out threat down there. But Robert Quinn has one sack and has been largely inefficient. Plus, Ryan Pace's history of first round draft picks. I mean, there is a lot to blame the general manager for. There's a lot to blame the head coach for. And yet at the same time, some stuff still works, right? The defense is still playing at a high level and they are finding good receivers and the receivers are getting open. So it still feels like you're maybe a quarterback and a couple of offensive linemen away from this season still being pretty good. So the expectation has is no longer playoffs at this point. I don't think you have too many people full on rooting for the tank, but I think the expectation now is kind of like, see if you can win a couple more games and squeeze in because you might as well. You're already, you already have five wins, so you're not going to get in the top 10 with your draft pick anyway. I mean, you would really have to get some luck from other teams. So there's no point in completely mailing it in. So you might as well keep trying, but I think most Bears fans are definitely tempering their expectations so they're not super disappointed with a seven or eight win season. Yeah, and, and you know, going into the season, a seven or eight win season, I think would would rightly have been viewed as pretty disastrous for this for this regime, right? I mean, they're they're looking at a, a sort of make or break season here, and and so far they've broken. And when we look at what what's going to happen here on Sunday, um, let me ask it this way: since since we talked about it in a different way to to you know to, to open your segment, tell me why this game would go differently than the the Bears Packers games we've we've been seeing really this whole Aaron Rodgers era. So <laughs> it it's going to take it would take a lot if it was going to go differently and I and I don't think it's generally going to but one of the big things Matt Nagy has talked about out of the bye week is going back and feeling like they need to commit and establish the run and to some extent I, I I'm worried that that could be a little bit short-sighted and a little bit missing the forest for the trees. But at the same time, I, I do understand there's sort of an interconnectedness to offense and feeling like even though there's not evidence that the running game makes, you know, it makes your quarterback play better or that it makes play action any more effective. I think for Matt Nagy, it's more about, okay, we're getting into way too many second and third and longs because every time we try and hand the ball off, we get one or two yards and trying to stick with that and be more consistent just to get your offense in second and mediums and third and shorts could be the difference in trying to ask Nick Foles to, or, or Mitch Trubisky, I should say, trying to have Trubisky convert third and eight as opposed to third and two. You open up the playbook a little bit more and you can do a lot of different things and his scrambling ability becomes a little bit more of a factor in that regard. So if the Bears are going to somehow do this, it's having one of those really good running performances against this Packers defense, which the Bears have not rushed as a team for 100 yards in a game since week three. And they've had multiple games, I think three games, four games under 50 yards total rushing as a team. So it would be a complete flip from what we've seen over the last what, seven weeks or so, but they were able to run a little bit early on the season. But I think in this game, it would take the Bears running the ball, the Bears controlling the clock, making it very easy on their quarterback, and then they'd need their defense to get a turnover or two, and maybe a Cordero Patterson special teams touchdown, something like that, something a little bit fluky to put them over the top that isn't necessarily sustainable. Yeah, I didn't even think of the Cordero Patterson part. The Packers special teams has been kind of a disaster this year. So now that's that's one other thing that I think Packers fans are always concerned about when they play the Bears. There's there's a, a fake punt coming or there's a punt return touchdown coming. I mean, they're always sort of ready for that shoe to drop on something like that. 
Uh, well, I'll tell you, last week the Bears played the Vikings and got that kickoff return touchdown from the from Cordero Patterson. It was only the Bears' second touchdown in a third quarter this season, <laughs> and they scored a total of 13 points in the game. I mean, that's, yep. that's where this is supposed to be their spark, right? Yep. Here it is. We're coming out of halftime. We got points. We got a kickoff return touchdown. This is it. Nope. Yep. Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the Matt Nagy era in a nutshell. Unfortunately, um, I have this game in that sort of 31 to 20 range where the the Bears get a late touchdown to make it a little closer than maybe it seemed like it should have been uh, over the course of the game. What say you? Even though the Packers just put up 31 on the Indianapolis Colts, and I know they've they've broken the 40 mark a couple of times. I have trouble getting them there against this Bears defense just because they continue to be really impressive. And so, I mean, I think the Packers are going to win handily. It's not questioning that at all. But I think even your your 20 points for the Bears offense seem like a lot to me, too. So I'd put the Packers at like, you know, a, a 24-13, maybe, maybe 27-13. 13 seems to kind of be that sweet spot for the Bears where somehow <laughs> they find a way to get in the end zone, even if it isn't the offense and a couple of field goals in there, too. But that's going to be about it. I think more than a touchdown is a safe way to go. I like it. All right, Lauren, I appreciate it. And hey, it's weird. Uh, we had Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, but we get to do this again around Christmas time. So this is weird that we we have these like practically back to back. But I uh, I always appreciate and and love our uh, conversations. Well, hopefully by week 17, for your sake, we'll be talking about Jordan Love yeah. taking on this Chicago Bears team. How about that? Be a fun, Hell yeah, that would be great. I can't team. wait. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. All right, I want to thank Lauren for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. Crossovers are really fun, and and Lauren always makes them particularly fun. Today's episode is also brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to health-saving treatments, more breakthroughs, for complex diseases and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find groundbreaking cures, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. The Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein 
Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. I hope, again, everyone had a great Thanksgiving, uh, that uh, they are enjoying this season because the Packers, you know, we're not going to have many more opportunities like this where the Packers are playing December football with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to be maudlin about it, but I just, I want you to, everyone to enjoy it and, and to have a good time here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, be a part of a show like this, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.